It is Thursday, August 11th, and this is People Every Day. Happy Almost Friday, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein, and we've got some new legal drama to get into today. And no, it doesn't involve Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Vanessa Bryant's suit against Los Angeles County is currently underway. Also, there's the shocking trailer for a new documentary all about actor Army Hammer that just dropped, and wow. But before we get into any of that, let's jump into what else is out there today. First up, there's some messy ex-drama. Olivia Wilde has finally spoken out publicly regarding being served custody papers on stage. As you may recall, this past April, the Booksmart director received papers during a presentation at CinemaCon. In the moment, Wilde kept her composure after being handed the documents and quickly returned to her talk. We learned back then that the papers were a custody petition regarding her five-year-old daughter, Daisy, and eight-year-old son, Otis, both whom she shares with her ex, Ted Lasso star Jason Sudeikis. At the time, Sudeikis commented that it was not his intent for Wilde to be served while on stage. In court documents filed to dismiss the custody petition, Wilde said, quote, Jason's actions were clearly intended to threaten me and catch me off guard. He could have served me discreetly, but instead he chose to serve me in the most aggressive manner possible. She didn't hold back as she further stated, quote, The fact that Jason would embarrass me professionally and put our personal conflict on public display in this manner is extremely contrary to our children's best interests. Wow. According to court documents obtained by People on Wednesday, the judge sided with Wilde, granting her motion to dismiss the custody petitions filed by Sudeikis. Things are definitely starting to get messy, and we will definitely be keeping an eye on this story. There's a new chapter in the ongoing Ezra Miller saga. Police are unable to locate a 25-year-old mother and her three children who were reportedly staying at Miller's home in Vermont. The Flash actor allegedly claimed the family left the property two months ago, but according to a new Rolling Stone report, authorities believe that Miller could be helping the mom evade an emergency order that's trying to remove the children from her custody. The whereabouts of the mother and her children remain unknown. Now, court documents viewed by Rolling Stone state that Vermont State Police tried to serve an emergency care order to the woman this past weekend, requiring the kids, who range in age from one, four, and five years old, to be taken away from the home and her care. Miller, however, told them the mother and her children left two months ago and hadn't been back since. And according to the outlet, police again showed up to Miller's residence this past Tuesday night for about an hour. When reached by people, Vermont State Police directed requests to the Vermont Department for Children and Families, which doesn't comment on cases due to confidentiality concerns. Reps for Miller and the Vermont State Attorney's Office did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. Well, just hearing all this, I am hoping for a safe outcome for everyone involved. The trailer for the new Discovery Plus docuseries House of Hammer just dropped, and my group text chains are already blowing up. It's time to talk all things Army Hammer. I've let the hammers control me my whole life. It's time to stop. I refuse to be silenced. My name is Casey Hammer, and I'm about to reveal the dark, twisted secrets of the Hammer family. That was the voice of Casey Hammer, Army Hammer's aunt, who, according to the new trailer out yesterday for House of Hammer, a docuseries on Discovery Plus, is no longer willing to be silent on the rise and fall of 
her reportedly notorious family. As the trailer points out, this is not just about ARMY, but all of the troubling rumors and behavior of the Hammers that for generations plagued this family. The trailer also shows some of the women who are speaking out about their experiences while dating ARMY and reveals voice memos and text messages he allegedly sent to them while in a relationship. I should note that People has viewed only the trailer and not the full documentary and also has not received comments from ARMY or others in the family at this time. Here to break down this story with me today is People's Elaine Aradias. Hi, Elaine. Thank you so much for having me. Well, there is a lot to get into here, but this trailer really opens with two women who are alleged victims of Army Hammer sharing with producers of the docuseries voice memos and text messages that they claim came from the actor. My bet was going to involve showing up at your place and completely tying you up and incapacitating you and then being able to do whatever I wanted to every single hole in your body until I was done with you. So can you tell me about the alleged victims and what we are expecting to learn from them? When I watched the trailer, on one hand, I was shocked because it's just, yes, it is about Army Hammer and this golden boy and good-looking actor who was on the rise with all sorts of accolades. But at the same time, I actually spent time interviewing some of his alleged victims, and I'm not surprised by what I'm hearing either. I spoke to one of the women and she told me about what it was like in the bedroom where she felt terrorized. And I just remember asking her at one point, like, you know, inside the bedroom, did you ever have fun? She said, not once. It was horrible every single time. And she just wanted it to end. And so I guess the idea is that there's going to be a lot more of that in this doc, right? I spoke with several of these women and I noticed a pattern and the women were definitely attracted to a Hollywood movie star. It's like a fairy tale, but then it would quickly turn. These texts allegedly sent from him started turning really dark. And it's one thing if both sides consent to this. There is nothing wrong with fantasy, role-playing, any of these things. Therapists and psychologists will tell you that as long as both sides consent to it, it's fine. But what I heard from these women is that they did not consent to it. And even, even in the beginning when maybe they were unsure and it would start off, okay. I mean, one woman told me that she even asked for a safe word and no safe word was ever established or allowed. So the Hammers as a whole are being depicted in this film as a family who valued appearances before everything else. And the documentary details a long history of troubling behavior, to say the least, dating back to Army's great grandfather, who was convicted of first-degree manslaughter. Casey Hammer, Army's aunt, has spoken out. So can you share some of what is claimed to be in the family's history here? So it starts with Army's great-great-grandfather, Dr. Julius Hammer, who was convicted of first-degree manslaughter. And through the lineage, we find out many more dark secrets. 
And so Casey Hammer, who is Army's aunt, it's a different time now, even from 2015, when she published her book, it's like, maybe people weren't ready to hear these kinds of stories when you're talking about a well-known, prestigious family. And I think she wants to be heard and she wants to help other women that were possibly victims to use their voice because she has spoken about it. Now, maybe people will believe these women who are going to come forward or who have come forward. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this quote from the filmmakers who said, the Hammer family history is like succession on steroids, a dysfunctional dynasty with its male characters exhibiting all the devastating consequences of privilege gone wild. So there's going to be a lot in this documentary. Where does Army and this family go from here with all of these allegations floating around, not just against him, but against their lineage, <laughs> essentially? One thing that sticks in my mind is... I spoke with a friend of one of the victims and she says that she met Army and she knew from that moment that something wasn't right. And she said when she heard these stories and her friend told her the awful things that she experienced, she felt better about herself because she's like, this guy needs to be exposed. And so... I am curious to see how many more women come forward mm -hmm. after this docu-series. Goodness. Well, Hammer has strongly denied all allegations of sexual abuse, stating that all interactions with the women were consensual. And his attorney, Andrew Brettler, said in a statement to Variety, from day one, Mr. Hammer has maintained that all of his interactions with every sexual partner have been completely consensual, discussed and agreed upon in advance and mutually participatory. This is just a wildly interesting story. Elaine, thank you so much for taking me into it. And goodness, we will see what we will learn in this documentary. Kobe Bryant's untimely death sent shockwaves around the world. Not long after the incident, we learned that first responders began sharing the gruesome photos of the victims of the helicopter crash. Coming up, we discuss Vanessa Bryant taking Los Angeles County to court. But first, we have a completely different story to get into. If you're anything like me, when you start your day, you flip on the morning news to see what's going on in the world. And you look at those morning show anchors with their flawless dresses and sharp suits and wonder how they do it. The sun is barely up and these people are just so full of energy and smiling while I look more like a zombie than an actual human. <laughs> they are basically superheroes, right? Well, after the break, we have a story about how those perky hosts are more mortal than you might think. Earlier today, NBC's Today Show host, Savannah Guthrie, overslept and almost didn't make it to air. We'll be right back with her harrowing morning. Stay with us. 
everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. We are back and I think I should come clean with you guys. I am not really a morning person, just not. I need my sleep, but with two kids and a dog, I am up bright and early every day, even though I don't want to be. (laughs) But I will say the only thing worse than hearing this every morning is not hearing it at all, which apparently is what happened to today's show host, Savannah Guthrie, this morning. Welcome to today. It is Thursday morning, and we are so glad to have you started with us. Hoda's got the morning off. You almost had the morning off as well. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Well, Savannah Guthrie rolled in about 15 minutes ago. She overslept. That's right. Apparently, Guthrie had an alarm clock mishap overslept and had to dash across town and into the studio in order to be camera ready to hit the airwaves at 7 a.m. She chronicled her frenzy this morning on her Instagram. At 6.34, she posted a picture of herself in the car on the way to the studio. A few minutes later, she's seen rushing up a flight of stairs inside 30 Rock. Oh, Savannah. I know. Six minutes after that, Savannah was in hair and makeup with a team who she described as miracle workers. But at 6.54 a.m., with just five minutes to spare, she walked on set. I'm going to make it! And no one was more surprised that she pulled it off than Guthrie herself. I can't believe it. Ten seconds for local. And we're going to make the teas. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Hey. Look, we've all been there, Savannah. Still can't believe she managed to pull that off. Way to go. I think we all remember where we were when the news broke about the helicopter crash that killed basketball legend Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, along with six others. It was a day that felt like time had stopped, but that feeling can't begin to compare to how Vanessa Bryant, her daughters, and all of the victims' families must have been going through. My heart then now and forever, goes out to all of them. The trial for the lawsuit Vanessa filed against Los Angeles County just started yesterday, where she will face the first responders who allegedly took photos of the crash site on January 26, 2020, and then allegedly shared them on several different occasions. Here to talk with us about what happened in court yesterday is People's Associate Editor, Julie Mazziata. Hey, Julie, how's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? Good. Well, Vanessa sued... L.A. County back in September 2020 for mental anguish and emotional distress over those leaked photos. So can you remind listeners what was said in the lawsuit and who was accused? Yeah, so this lawsuit is over photos that a dozen firefighters who were on the scene and first responders had taken and then passed around on at least 28 different LAPD devices. They also allege that a first responder showed a photo to a bartender and they say they have video of that moment. There's also reports of an officer describing the photos to his wife who said that she didn't want to see them. During this trial, 
they intend to call witnesses to support these claims. And this lawsuit, LAPD had actually asked to dismiss it in December, saying that Vanessa never saw the photos and that they've never made it to social media or the internet, and therefore she can't claim emotional distress. A judge dismissed that request, and the trial went on and started yesterday. They selected a grand jury very quickly and then began opening statements. Take us into some of those opening statements and what happened in court yesterday. Vanessa did not speak, but her lawyer, Luis Lee, did. And he said, according to Rolling Stone, that January 26, 2020, wasn't always will be the worst day of Vanessa Bryant's life. He added that county employees exploited the accident. They took and shared photos of Kobe and Gianna as souvenirs and that they poured salt in an unhealable wound. Some of the details are fairly graphic of what the photos entail. Yeah. I mean, just them talking about what they saw there in super insensitive ways. And yeah, we don't have to go over exactly what they described, but uh, you can only imagine. And, And so where are we in the trial? So two families also involved in the crash have also sued the county over the photos. They settled their lawsuits and were paid out $1.25 million each. The belief is that Vanessa is looking for a larger settlement. So this is really just the beginning. It should go on for about the next two weeks, and it'll include statements from Vanessa, most likely. It'll also include sheriff testimony and then witness testimony. Vanessa's legal side also requested to show the photos in court, which I believe would be the first time they're shown publicly or semi-publicly. But the idea is to verify that these photos were taken there and that they should not have been. I can't even imagine how painful it must be reliving this that day over and over again. But I mean, it's wildly interesting and we will be watching. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, condolences to all the families involved. And I appreciate you coming on, Julie, and and explaining all this. Yeah, thank you for having me. We are getting into that late summer, early fall time of year, which means it's the time of year where you can get the freshest off of the stock corn out there, grilled, boiled in some elote or salsa. It's all delicious. But as much as you or I might like corn, there's a video of one little boy who clearly loves corn more than any of us. I really like corn. What do you like about corn? Ever since I was told that corn is real, it tasted good. Can you describe corn to someone who's never tasted it before? A big lump with knobs. It has the juice. It's the part that mostly makes me like the corn. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. It's corn! I cannot get enough of this cute kid gushing over his corn. Now, as much as he loves corn, he's realistic and understands that maybe not everyone shares his passion. Do you think everyone should be eating corn? No, not everyone has to like it to be the best. Yeah. Everyone just has to try it. Have a bite. I just hope all of this corn love was a little something to make you smile. And in the words of our corny friend... (laughs) I hope you really have a corn-tastic day. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I will see you back here tomorrow to kick off the weekend on our Friday episode of People Every Day. 